We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Happy Feel Good Friday. I am Dan Day. On the way, got that reggae music for you. Got to make you feel a little irie going into the weekend. And you're going to feel irie when you hear from the Joe Rose Show. Talking all things football with Mike Florio. It is that special time of the year, the draft. Greeny and his show, talking with Sal Palantonio of ESPN about, yeah, you guessed it, the draft. And Hawk and Crowder, they want Waddle right now. I want to give you some headlines. Last night's round one of the NFL draft saw Trevor Lawrence go number one overall to Jacksonville. Second pick was Zach Wilson to the Jets. And third was Trey Lance to San Francisco. Miami took Jalen Waddle sixth overall. And Miami's own Jalen Phillips at 18. Kane's defensive end Greg Russo went 30th overall to the Buffalo Bills last night. The draft continues today. The Heat take on the Cavs tomorrow at 8. Miami is currently 7th in the east but just a game back of the hawks for the fifth seed the marlins are back in action tonight against the nationals in dc at seven the fish are 11 and 13 on the season but just a half game back of the division lead both gonzalo and frederico Iguain may miss sunday's match against nashville due to the recent passing of their mother to cancer both brothers scored in the team's win over philadelphia saturday the Panthers won again in overtime last night, defeating the Blackhawks 4-3. Florida's just two points back of Carolina for the Central Division lead with just four games left in the regular season. The Kentucky Derby is set for Saturday at 7 from Churchill Downs in Louisville. Essential quality is a 2-1 favorite. Speaking of favorites, my favorite time. We take a step into the day spa. <sighs> A 12-year-old in North Carolina will graduate from both high school and college next week. Took me four years to finish high school and five for college. So I'm guessing this kid will die nine years before me. Way to get ahead. People named Colin and Tracy were found to be the biggest complainers in Great Britain. Karens everywhere rejoice. At a recent wedding, the bride's mother-in-law announced her pregnancy. To make things worse, she announced it right before the bride announced she was also pregnant. Wow. Which one should be my hot mess of the day? A group of thrill seekers were caught atop a roller coaster in England and had to walk down 200 feet. That is why you should never go to an amusement park wasted. Let's get wasted on some Joe Rose. He's on in the mornings from 6 to 10. He and I drink a lot of coffee. I mean, we talk around the coffee cooler and really the coffee machine, whatever you want to call it. He's a fun guy. Always having fun in the mornings, especially when he's talking football, like right now with Mike Florio. Talking about that Aaron Rodgers, he's not a happy camper. Bears making moves, and 
Tebow time? We're going to talk to Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com. Mike, I guess before we get into all the draft stuff, about five or six hours before the draft actually started, the Aaron Rodgers stuff came up once again. I know that you had something on it a while back about possibly wanting out of Green Bay, but this looks like it picked up a lot more steam. And yesterday, it was the only topic before Trevor Lawrence was actually picked number one overall in the draft. Well, and thank God it happened when it did because it pulled the plug quickly on talk of Tim Tebow playing tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thank God he slammed the door on that. Look, I think that there was a significant amount of orchestration and strategy that went into the reporting that emerged yesterday. I think the initial reports of the 49ers contacting the Packers about a possible trade that would have entailed the third overall pick in the draft was leaked by Aaron Rodgers. And then when when it all went next level, when Adam Schefter reported that Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled and wants out of Green Bay, Shefty does not touch the proverbial third rail when it comes to reporting. He'll farm it out to someone else at ESPN if it's controversial. He doesn't want to jeopardize his network of sources. This is something someone wanted him to put out, in my estimation. And then it just went from there. Rodgers reportedly wants out. And it's so glaring now, his effort to disrupt Green Bay's year-to-year option, which is what the Packers really want to maintain, the ability to determine one year at a time, do they stay with Aaron Rodgers, do they move on to Jordan Love? Rodgers has now mobilized a disruption to that. And at some point, he's just got to come out and tell us what he wants. That's the thing that bugs me more than anything else. He's vague. He's ambiguous. He's passive-aggressive. He never says what he wants from a football standpoint. He's not afraid to tell anyone who's listening that he wants to be the host of Jeopardy but he will never tell us what he wants from a football standpoint. I think the onus is now on him for the sake of the Packers fans and anyone else who gives a crap about football. He needs to tell people what he wants. Well, I feel like I've been doing this all off season with you. Do you think he plays again for the Green Bay Packers? Right now, I think he doesn't, even though the Packers have come out and said, we're not going to trade him. How many times have we heard a team say, we're not going to trade a player and the player ends up being traded? I think the timing for this one because the cap situation I just posted this moments ago it's got to be a post June 1 transaction or the Packers are taking an extra 31 million dollar cap charge this year Oof. if they wait until June 2 it's 14 million this year 17 million next year so i think it's something where they would get draft picks in 2022 and or beyond and they would move Aaron Rodgers on June 2 if it happens i think Denver and Las Vegas are the two teams to watch because They're not going to want to keep him in the conference. Remember what they did with Brett Favre. They sent him to the Jets with a clause in the trade that said if the Jets trade him back to a team in the NFC North, the price becomes three first-round picks. He wants to be close to the West Coast, and the Packers don't need a starting quarterback in return. They're ready to flip to Jordan Love. So they don't need Derek Carr if he goes to Las Vegas. I think that Denver makes the most sense because they could send a Teddy Bridgewater to Green Bay who would be – kind of a backup veteran presence for Jordan Love as he learns the ropes. So I still think it's going to happen potentially. It it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers' resolve. Will he stand up in the face of what Brian Gutekunst said last night? Will he be direct? Will he be clear? Will he take this NBA attitude that is infecting the NFL and push it as hard as he needs to? And that's the thing that I'm fascinated by. You've got the old-school football guy mindset in Green Bay. He's under contract to us. He's just an employee coming up against this NBA mentality that's filtering in through the quarterbacks where players decide they're going to control their future. 
Mike, uh, we got another one down here we want to throw you in the middle of. Matter of fact, you got an article on Pro Football Talk uh, about it. No regrets, Chris Greer afterwards, talking about uh, basically trading 3-12 back to 6, whether Pitts and Chase would have been in there. They end up taking Waddle. They said there were a group of guys. What was your take on that one? I think they would have taken Waddle over Jamar Chase if the Bengals hadn't taken him. I've been hearing that for a long time. Wow. That that they preferred Waddle to Chase and that the opt-out dynamic for Chase actually, you know, for some teams it was a negative, for some teams it didn't matter. I think the Dolphins would have made that a factor in taking Waddle over Chase. And then at, at 18 with Jalen Phillips, they basically ran to the podium. I think they were thrilled he was still there. It's just weird to see them not try to work the board some more and get extra picks. But at some point, you got to turn those picks into players. You can't just stockpile, 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 stockpile. you got to go out and get players with those picks. And I think they should be happy with what they did. I think Waddle's got the potential to be really good. It was intriguing that he was selected before Devontae Smith, his Alabama teammate. And, uh, you know, that's something people will pay attention to. How does Smith fare? How does Waddle fare? But uh, to get Jalen Phillips as well, they addressed a couple areas of need, and this is a team that continues to quietly improve. I think before the draft started, the quarterback uh, situation was going to be the uh, the hot topic. Obviously, we know Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, one, two. We kind of knew that's almost set in stone for a while. Uh, then Trey Lance goes third, and Mac Jones drops to 15, and the Bears trade up to get Justin Fields. Uh, the storylines of the draft have to be those three, right? Or, or right up there at the top of the storylines. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And for the Bears to go all in four years after they traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky and it blew up in their faces, at least there's only one quarterback after Justin Fields that is going to be compared to him <laughs> because, you know, they could have traded up and taken Mac Jones instead. It worked out perfectly that Jones fell to the Patriots. The Patriots really didn't have a pressing need to address in the draft because they'd been so aggressive in free agency. I never believed they were going to trade up. The fact that there were reports linking them to Justin Fields, I had a GM tell me yesterday, do you really think that the Patriots would let it out that they want Justin Fields? We're three years removed from Super Bowl 52, and we still don't know why in the hell Malcolm Butler didn't play in the game. The, the Patriots aren't telling anybody anything about what they want or who they want, but they're happy to have Mac Jones because they can build around him for the future. They have Cam Newton, who they really like for now. I think it worked out very well for the Patriots. For the Bears, though, what it does, and what I hope it does for the sake of the organization, I hope the message to the fans is sit down, pipe down, we got this. Don't clamor for Ryan Pace to be fired. Don't clamor for Matt Nagy to be fired. They basically got themselves two years of job security by doing this because I think it would be a huge mistake right now if the Bears treat Pace and Nagy as being on the hot seat and basically run them out the door if they go 6-11 and 11 this year, still trying to get used to 17 games in the schedule. <laughs> but if you do that, then you get a new power structure in there that may not want Justin Fields, and then you got a big mess. So I, I think that, that all the way up to Virginia McCaskey, they had to sign off on this one because the impact of it means, as a practical matter, Pace and Negi are going to be there. Unless they're going to walk into a huge mess next year with mismatched coach and quarterback potentially, they got to keep those guys. And, uh, and let's, let's see what Justin Fields can become. They clearly believed in him. I want to ask you about a, another former quarterback that we just teased a little bit, and I think everybody was kind of having fun with it yesterday, Tim Tebow tryout. Where, where did that – I understand the baseball thing down here where he was in the Mets minor league system for like – felt like forever and just – couldn't get over the hump which is normal when you haven't played baseball since high school 
the Tim Tebow tryout, th- there's no way even his former Gator coach, Urban Meyer, would, would hire put him on a 90-man roster, right? No way. Well, wait, here's what's amazing to me. The guy stubbornly refused for years to play anything but quarterback. Right. Yeah. So now right. he's right. going to try out at tight end for the one coach who continued to insist he'd be a great quarterback. So I think the whole thing's just kind of goofy. When he announced his retirement from the New York Mets in lieu of the Mets telling him, sorry, it's over, we're not playing the Tim Tebow fantasy baseball camp game anymore, no matter how many jerseys we sell. I, I joked about whether or not he'd end up in Jacksonville, and uh, maybe he will. I just I, 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 I think that with everything the Jaguars are doing right now that is pointing toward a positive, I just don't think you need that distraction. I don't think you want that distraction. And the Tebow maniacs will come back in full force, and even if you make him a tight end, there will be people who say he should be playing quarterback instead of Trevor Lawrence. It's just not worth it. And, and look, I feel bad for the guy. He never got a full and complete chance to show what he could become in the NFL. He, he had those qualities, as you guys saw firsthand in 2011, when he first did the impossible and right. pulled a, a victory from the jaws of defeat. He had a magic to him when the games were on the line. Problem is, he's a horrible practice player, and he's not very good the first three quarters of a game. That's not how you sustain a career. Isn't that amazing? He could only muster the urgency to play at a high level when the game was on the line. The rest of the time, it was just kind of like, I, I don't know. I don't know what – it's just – I can't remember another guy like that who could be so special in a close game late, but the rest of the time, people are like, what in the hell's wrong with him? And, and th- this was the case at Florida. I, I had heard back at the time when Tebow Mania was raging that they would have a week of practice at Florida – and they'd be like, what in the hell are we going to do on Saturday? And then Saturday would come around and he'd play perfectly fine. Well, listen, he, uh, he's he got it rolling, whatever it is, man. He is uh, always going to be a rock star no matter what happens. He's got a large fan base back here. Mike, always great having you, man. Can't wait for today to see what happens. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Thanks, Mike. See you guys. Yes, believe it. It's almost like a soap opera, the NFL. You got the draft. You got Aaron Rodgers. You got Tim Tebow. And you know you got Joe Rose keeping you up to date. Speaking of keeping you up to date, the Greeny Show. I think this is the best quarterback that the Jets have taken in a long, long time. I really like Zach Wilson a lot. Going to be talking football with Sal Palantonio, plus got some reggae music for you, man, because it's Feel Good Friday here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard over the past twenty four hours, right here on five sixty. I am Dan Day at Dan Day Radio on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and oh yeah, got that good reggae music rocking because it is a feel good Friday. Some Jimmy Cliff, legendary Jimmy Cliff, right there, making you feel irie as you go into the weekend. The Greeny Show. Making you feel iry because they're straightened out all the draft craziness and everything that seems to be going on in the NFL. Sal Palantonio joined the show earlier talking about the Jets' new QB. Also, no running backs in the first round and winners and losers of the draft. From ESPN NFL reporter Sal Pal, Sal Palantonio, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. You know, Sal Pouts, I love talking to you after the first round of the draft, but I'm usually used to seeing you standing 
you know, at a team facility, getting all the nuggets in the hallways for the people that you know. How hard was it to do your job last night and cover this draft when you're not there? I like seeing you at Florham Park. <laughs> I've, I've been there for all of those picks, yep. those uh, quarterback picks, and I wasn't there yesterday. Uh, it was our second uh, try at the Zoom um, uh, facilities in our in our home offices. It's harder, Bob, because you're not running into people, you're not face to face. It's it's difficult. It's much more difficult. You got to rely on people getting back to you. Uh, you can't be in the face of the PR guy. When, it, when you know when right. is Joe Douglas going to call me? When is Joe Douglas going to call me? So it, it's much more difficult. But you know, um, I, I I covered the Pennington, the Sanchez, the Geno Smith, the Sam Darnold. You remember when uh, we interviewed Sam Darnold one on one after that draft? I think this is the best quarterback that the Jets have taken in a long, long time. I really like Zach Wilson a lot. And they may have gotten the best interior offensive lineman in this draft. Certainly they thought so by moving up. So recap the Jets' night as a whole. And what when you finally got Joe Douglas on the phone last night and talked to him, he must have been a happy man because they seemed to go into this draft with a very clear mission statement. And it seemed like, boy, the way they were chest-bumping after they executed that trade in their war room, they feel like they, they executed their plan. Well, they do. And, you know, they had Elijah Vera Tucker very highly rated. Uh, much higher than a lot of other teams. Uh, I think uh, they probably went up too high. They certainly ha- didn't have to go up to 14, in my view. I'm going to say, I, I would have, honestly, I would have stayed at 23, and I would have taken Najee Harris ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I just think Harris plus Wilson takes an offense that was a nightmare last year and unwatchable, only scoring 15.2 points per game, and makes it dangerous because you need a one-cut runner. I, I know, I understand people say don't take running backs in the first round, but I think Harris and, and Wilson really would have jolted that offense awake very quickly. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't in favor, honestly, of them moving from 23 to 14. I really was not. What if they turn around and take Javante Williams in the second round? Would that be good sure, enough? Could do that. Yeah, could, could do that, but I think Najee Harris is just a, you know, he's tough. He's strong. He breaks tackles. He's got breakaway speed. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I would have taken him at 23 and, and, and really upset the Pittsburgh Steelers in the process, a team that you're going to have to eventually beat. Now you got to face this guy. I mean, I understand why they did it. I wouldn't have done it, not, yeah. not in my opinion. Well, to play devil's advocate, and you know, I'll probably come off as Jet Boy here, but I loved it because – it, to me, it, it took them two years to do it, but it harkens back to DeBrickashaw, Ferguson, Nick Mangold, right? Like the crux, the real foundation of when they were good and went to two championship games. The last time that they were a watchable offensive team, they built the foundation behind those two offensive linemen. And to me, it seems like now it took them two drafts to do it, but now they've got their DeBrickashaw, Ferguson, Nick Mangold combination, taking a tackle in the first round last year, taking Vera Tucker this year. You put he and Makai Becton next to each other. And now, who knows, they may even take Tevin Jenkins with the second pick in the, third, in the second round tonight. They might have three guys up front. I think this general manager knows this is still a league, no matter with all the fantasy statistics and all the PPR and everything we get into with fantasy football, this is still a league about can Team A block Team B? And if Team A can't block Team B, you're dead. You're Team A? You can't, 
You can't open holes for that running back if you don't have guys up, up front to block for him. And it's been a long time since the Jets spent this kind of important draft capital on their offensive line. You and I agree totally. It was the lesson from Super Bowl 55. Brady was protected and won. Mahomes was not and lost the game. And you'll see what happened with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. He got beat up and he was gone because he got hurt and he was sacked too much. I totally agree. He's got to rebuild the offensive line. I'm just not sure moving all the way up to 14 was necessary to take that particular player. But you and I are not in a disagreement about yeah. that. I mean, I guess if, I do if, like what Joe Douglas has done overall, for sure, 100%. If Vera Tucker goes like 19th or 20th, somewhere in that range, and you're Joe Douglas, you never forgive yourself for not pulling the trigger and going up and getting your guy. You know, I think that's what you see with anybody that trades up. They identify that guy as their guy, and you know what? We're just willing to give up a little extra to go up and get him. Um, I'm curious. I mean, nobody knows the Eagles better than you, and nobody knows the Giants better than you because you live in this Northeast football world. The perception is that the Eagles traded up and snaked the wide receiver out from under the Giants (laughs) that they probably wanted in Devontae Smith, but I thought the Giants did a terrific job getting what I think might be a top-five pick in the draft next year and getting a wide receiver. So tell me what you think of the Eagles-Giants dynamic. Who won? Who lost? Did they both win there? I think the Giants won. I agree. Moving up to get Devontae Smith was a do-over pick. Last year, the Eagles selected Hurts. Jalen Hurts in the second round. That angered Carson Wentz, imploded the team. Thursday night, they were determined to reunite Devontae Smith with Jalen Hurts and make their young quarterback happy. They also had, a, in my view, uh, a misguided pick last year with Jalen Rieger. Instead of taking Justin Jefferson, who lit, up, who lit up the world with the Vikings, they took Rieger. So it was a do-over pick to make the quarterback happy and to get a wide receiver who can really play. Problem is, you gave your dreaded division rival an extra third rounder. I mean, I'm sorry. You, you invested a third and a first in Devontae Smith. Uh, so I'm not sure who zoomed who. But once Dave Gettleman was, um, you know, left holding the bag and couldn't get Smith, I thought it was a brilliant move to trade with the Bears. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and and I didn't even, got a very good wide receiver in the process. And I didn't even bring the Cowboys into the discussion yet. I just talked about the giant eagle dynamic, but you're right. The Cowboys, everyone said they needed to come out of this trap with help on defense. They watched the two big corners go off the board before they had a chance to take either of them. So now you, you can't get Horn. You can't get Sertan. You're left with what? You want to improve your defense. You add a third-round pick, as you said, and still probably get the guy they would have taken to bolster their defense. I mean, I, I think Micah Parsons was probably the best defensive player left on the board. I mean, did, did the Cowboys win as much as the Giants won? Or if you were to rank them one, two, three, is it Giants, Cowboys, Eagles coming last where all this you know, kind of shakes out? Well, here's my problem. I live in Philly. So I can't ever say that the Cowboys <laughs> were number one. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I understand. I, There's, I understand. That's, the that can't be in your one, DNA. Come out of my, you know, I like to eat pizza at my local pizza bar. <laughs> right. And if anybody ever hears this, this is not going to happen. It's just you and but me talking, that, Sal. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I, I think the Giants uh, did very well. I think the Cowboys did very well. I think time will tell whether Devontae Smith, Bob, is he worth a first and a third round pick? I, gosh, I'm not sure about that. I'm just not sure. What other 
notable things out of the – I mean, obviously you are right in the backyard of the Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles, but what else drew your attention from the first round? Eye-opening. Was it, uh, you know, Mac Jones dropping to 15? Was it the other wide receivers going as high as they did? That was something that jumped out at me. I mean, the Bengals and Dolphins, you've got a quarterback in Cincinnati that's got one good knee, and you've got a quarterback in Miami that's basically spent his whole career at Alabama hurt and now could be an injury-prone quarterback in the NFL as well. Both of those teams passed on an opportunity to take the best offensive linemen to protect their young quarterback, and both took receivers. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I I think those are good thoughts. I think the bottom line is what team was close last year that really helped themselves get to the next level. Let's take a look. Uh, You have to say the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is on the clock. And I see the Baltimore Ravens as a Final Four team with Buffalo and Kansas City and maybe Indianapolis in the AFC. Okay. So I would would say of those four teams, maybe the Cleveland Browns, maybe the Steelers, but I, I just think, you know, depending on how Carson Wentz plays, the, the, the uh, Indianapolis Colts could be a, f- a Final Four team, and that's how I look at it. People always ask me who's going to be in the Super Bowl. I look at the Final Four teams. I think Baltimore really helped themselves and needed to get a big-body wide receiver like Rashad Bateman of Minnesota at 27, yep. and then to help a defense that blitzed the second most in the NFL last year, a young pass rusher, Jason Owe out of Penn State. I thought that was really smart, and it will take that team, I think, uh, give them another step in the right direction to get into a Super Bowl because they picked up the fifth-year option on Lamar Jackson, but they haven't given him a long-term deal. So Lamar Jackson and a whole system around Lamar Jackson is on the clock. Same with the Colts. Colts had 11 wins. Now they get a really good, tough, ferocious pass rusher, Quiddy Pay, out of Michigan. I, I think that allowed them to take the next step, perhaps, to really challenge the Chiefs in the AFC in this particular year, in this particular season. So I think I look at those two and I say, okay, those two teams really took the next step. But you have a lot of teams that are just, you know, wading through the muck and, and not really making much progress. Um, so I, I would say, you know, you look at Jalen Waddell, picked too high by Miami. Um, you know, uh, J.C. Horn, I thought, picked too high. Uh, by Carolina. Uh, I think they should have gone quarterback there. I would have taken Justin Fields there. Uh, so um, there were some just some surprising moves for me, Bob. Well, my thought with J.C. Horn going to Carolina, and I said this right at the start, I think Carolina failed to do what the Giants did. I think Carolina should have done what the Giants did. Because to me, if you're Chicago... I can't imagine. I will never know. I'm sure it's not like Carolina's going to sit there and say, yeah, we got this awesome offer for number eight, but we bypassed it. You know, I mean, they're going to they're say, hey, J.C. Horn was our guy all along and that's it. But I can't imagine the moment that, you know, the, the first seven picks happened the way that they did and Fields was still on the board, the Carolina's phone didn't ring and that Chicago didn't make that call to them and say, hey, what's it going to take for us to come up to you to get Justin Fields? Carolina could have drafted say in the, you know, the, the late teens or what was it? The 20th pick, I guess, is where Chicago was. And they could have had a top five pick in next year's draft too, I think, if they would have made the move that the Giants did. I thought, I thought the Giants did what Carolina should have done. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to inject Bill Belichick with a little truth serum and say, Bill, did you want Fields or did you want Jones? <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Because, it, it, because it certainly looks like, it certainly looks like what? 
the Chicago Bears thought they had to move ahead of New England at 15 to get fields. Because you know the Cowboys are not taking a quarterback at 12. You know the Chargers are not taking a quarterback at 13. You know the Jets are not taking a quarterback at 14. Uh, So that's the thing. To me, you're right. If they had gone all the way up to eight uh, and picked the quarterback there, then that would have been really a smart move by Carolina. Can't get enough of that draft coverage, and we're going to have the rest of it for you throughout the weekend because the NFL just don't stop. Speaking of not stopping, Hawk and Crowder. And I love that Flores and Greer said they wanted Waddle. Those dude dudes will break it down for you plus some reggae music in just a few because this is a weekend edition and a feel-good Friday on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Lucifer, son of the morning, I'm gonna chase you out of earth. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty-four hours. How do you do? I am Dan Day. It's a feel-good Friday, and I know you're feeling good hearing that good reggae music in the background. Yeah, love me some reggae music, especially on the weekends, especially here in South Florida, because it's always the season for reggae when you're in this type of atmosphere with all the good vibes. This weekend, I'm gonna need some reggae music in my life. Gotta work a lot, not just here at the radio station, on a bunch of my other jobs. I'm a very, as they say, eclectic person. So I was gonna be off Sunday, and I was very excited. I was like, yes, it's actually posting on Facebook and Twitter at Dan Day Radio. The other day, oh, can't wait to be off Sunday. Gonna wake up early, early for me, and watch that Inner Miami Nashville SC match. I was even thinking, hey, I might not even watch it on the computer at home. I might go out to my neighborhood dive bar on the rocks right there in North Beach, or I might go down to South Beach and catch it at the Deuce, another dive bar. But no, as I was typing out the post and downloading a picture for Inner Miami and Nashville SC, I get a text from one of my jobs. You need to work Sunday noon to eight. But, you know, you got to make money so that when you do party, you feel good about it. You don't hold anything back. And trust me, if you ever party with me, you're going to see I don't hold very much back. Hawk and Crowder, they never hold anything back. So let's get into it. They're talking about wanting Waddle. Happy the U was represented. Got to give some praise to Nick Saban. And then Buffalo or Miami. Hmm... We've watched him. We've watched him over the years. He's been a, a dynamic, explosive player. His role is going to be what he makes it, based off of uh, all the film we've seen. And you know, we think he'll he'll fit inside or outside. He a lot of speed element. You know, his versatility is a big big uh, part of this. But at the end of the day, we're tremendously excited. And uh, this is a player we've been looking at for a couple of years. So no regrets. And and say that with all honesty. Yeah, I'm going to get, you know, everything out of me. I'm going to come to work every day, uh, try to compete, try to make the team better, try to make the room better, and try to make an organization proud. J-Dub! Yes, sir. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. 
impossible. Why does it sound like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there somewhere? Had to audible at the end. The what happened? I had Trick Daddy ready, but I, I figured Dolphin's fight song. More appropriate. But you still fired off Trick Daddy? I did. I did. All right. You didn't audible. You, you ran right. your play. <laughs> you made a mistake. <laughs> you, ran, you ran into your uh, other receiver on a crossing route. Um, I love what the Dolphins did. I said this last night, so we had our virtual watch party. And... I said, you know, if you had told me going into the draft, night one, you were going to get a real weapon, a real speedster for Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and you're going to get a defensive standout from the University of Miami. I'd have signed up for that a hundred times out of a hundred times. Doesn't mean that I didn't want Kyle Pitts. Doesn't mean I wouldn't have been happy with Devontae Smith. Doesn't mean I wouldn't have been uh, happy with uh, a number of the people that we talked about. But I am thrilled. They got the receiver and they got a UM guy. What more could I ask for? The UM connection I'm not on you with, but I do love Jalen Phillips as a Dolphin. No, they got they got what they needed. They needed a outside rusher and they needed a weapon. And they went and got him. And I love that Flores and Greer said they wanted Waddle. Like, they, they had the evaluation down. They knew they were taking him over Devontae. They wanted water. They love what they've seen out of him. He's been watching him for years. I love that they picked the guy they wanted and also the DN. Jalen Phillips is so, you know, so diverse. Line up inside, outside. That amoeba defense when they all walk around in circles and then just shoot through gaps, Jalen Phillips is perfect for it. They are drafting for their system, and I love it. Yeah, I was really, really happy last night. One of the reasons that, obviously, I went to University of Miami and we had spent, you know, a full week talking about the Florida Gators and Kyle Pitts. So I was happy that they went with a UM guy uh, to cleanse my soul. I, I, I'm not thrilled that every year I seemingly am singing the praises of Nick Saban in Alabama because that, that hurts my soul a little bit. But, no, one of the reasons that I love them taking a University of Miami player in the first round is – University of Miami football players seem to have pretty good NFL careers. A number of them, right? The high picks from University of Miami seem to have pretty good NFL careers. And so, you know, as Hurricanes fans down here, a lot of times we're always wondering, well, why did they pass on this guy, play the same position, and took that guy? So, like you said, if they, they needed an edge rusher, like, I, I just li I like what they did last night. I like what they did last night. Yes, and with uh, and, and the whole Alabama thing, Hawk, get used to it, man. Because <laughs> Greer is drafting Alabama guys. We're seeing it year after year. I think he's yeah. drafted seven. So yeah. just, yeah. yeah. I know you hate Saban. I'm not a big fan either. But let's get used to these Alabama draft picks. Yeah, no, I can't complain about Alabama guys, though, no. because it's a pretty <laughs> damn good football program. So yeah. that's, uh, <laughs> that's not my worry. Two different uh, pathways now in the NFL. Somebody gets to stay in the 305. Somebody moves to Buffalo. Ooh, now, listen, first-round pick, NFL stud. I'm all about it. Very happy for Gregory Rousseau. I have a feeling he's going to have a tremendous NFL career. But Buffalo, when <laughs> Buffalo compared to Miami, is not the preferred destination. But you still you cheering for Gregory Rousseau when we play the Bills? Nope. He nope. can't leave that fast. Hell. Stupid-ass Bills mouth. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs>
That's how you do it right there. This weekend going to be a good one if you're a sports fan. Of course, the draft continues to dominate. Also, you got the Miami Heat playing. That's going to be a good one against the Cavs. Pelicans are playing in case you want to watch that or if you have the ability to watch it. And also, Inter-Miami, like I said earlier, going to be playing Sunday, 1 o'clock, Nashville SC, the two expansion teams. Although they're not really expansion teams anymore because I know Austin got awarded a new team and St. Louis is going to have a new one very soon. So the MLS growing by leaps and bounds. They're doing good here in South Florida. If we can just get over this COVID thing, it's going to be great. But, of course, the Heat have been doing good for a long time in South Florida. They recently picked up a win. Hopefully they'll get one against the Cavs tomorrow. Let's relive their recent victory. to Deadman under the basket. Deadman slams it down. Oh, hard. Uh, trying to reach in there was Eubanks, but he had no chance. We're tied at 44. Rocket long shot and got it off the glass and in with .1 second left to go. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Christmas has come a little late there for uh, Gordon Dragic. Wow, better <laughs> late than never. What a top shot. Good rebound, Deadman. Put it in and got fouled. Oh, what a nice job. Deadman picked up his sixth rebound. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Butler work on Mills. His size advantage backs on Mills. Goes in with the shot. Got it off. The rim and end, and 76-74 Miami. Warren Dragic, high right side around the BAM screen, bounce past the BAM, in, BAM, oh! There's a big monster slam, my goodness! You can feel that one out on Biscayne Boulevard. Wow, BAM oh. took flight and then just buried Pirtle at the rim. BAM, 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 BAM whoa! 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 Now Goran Dragic, Dragic around the BAM screen, bounce pass on the wings, Butler in attack mode, Butler's got it to go and he is fouled again and Jimmy Butler will go back to the free throw line. The ring of fire, the ring of fire. Jimmy Butler delivers for Miami. 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal as he helps Miami overcome San Antonio and sweep the little two-game series against the Spurs with the final score, Miami 116, San Antonio 111. Oh, but the fire went wild. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Yes, indeed. Going to be rocking and rolling all weekend. Like I said, I got some work, but I'm going to find some time to watch some sports. Maybe not the Inter Miami match, which I would have absolutely loved to do. Nothing like waking up early on a Sunday. Early for me. Drinking some beers at a dive bar and watching soccer, but ah, wasn't in the cards. Got to work sometimes and make a little bit of money so you can spend some money and have some fun and party. And that's what I'm about to go do. I want to be a little more laid back on this Friday because, like I said, I have to work all weekend. So I'm going to go home, go downstairs, hang out on the porch with my neighbors, Giuseppe and Nathan. Giuseppe, he's going to be cussing in Cuban. and He speaks English, too. And then Nathan, he works with the Marlins. Maybe I'll ask him how the fields do playing and doing. Talk a little Marlins. Maybe watch the draft. Maybe watch that new James Brown. Not new James Brown movie, but the James Brown movie Get On Up, which is new on Netflix. I watched it the other day. Pretty good. Got to see it again, man. Godfather of soul. Got to absolutely love that. If you want to see what goes on in my weekend when I'm not working, sometimes when I am working, all you have to do, follow me on social media. I love it. Seriously. You are allowed to. I want you to. At Dan Day Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I always try to make it worth your while and worth my while because I enjoy doing this. few things I enjoy in life that really give me a lot of pleasure. Working here at the radio station, absolutely love it. Love producing things like you just heard that montage of the win the other night. 
the heat had over San Antonio. That's always fun. Some music. You know, I love the reggae, but I love indie rock and all the other stuff. Love to party. That's what I said. I'm going to party with Giuseppe and Nathan and other things. You know, going to the beach, meeting interesting people, meeting good looking people, you know, getting out there, having fun. And I hope you get out there safely and have fun this weekend because life is for living. Remember, when you die, you're not going to be in your deathbed and like, oh, remember that weekend where I stayed in and did absolutely nothing? That was great. No, no, no. You're going to look back on your life and say, oh, remember when I did this and when I experienced this and I met this person? That's what life is all about. So go out there and live it to the fullest. If not, stay in and watch sports to the fullest or listen to us to the fullest. You can download the podcast for absolutely free, wqam.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. If you don't have time for that, hopefully you'll make time for me. Monday, in another edition of 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.